Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. <laughs> I'm David. I'm Jim. <laughs> and we are the Practical Guitarists. Yeah, we are two of them. We miss you guys. <laughs> Sorry, there were some things going on, and uh, we had some. We had some things. We had some stuff. We had some stuff. Life happens. Life happens. Life does happen to everybody, doesn't it? Yeah, it's terrible. Um, I <laughs> want to say though, uh, our community is growing uh, exponentially, and I I can't do anything but thank the people that are out there that listen every week uh, because that's that's what keeps this alive. Um, see you got we see you guys in the numbers. We see you guys in the Facebook group, Practical Guitarist uh at Facebook, you know, in Facebook groups. Uh and we'd like to hear more from you in iTunes reviews. Yeah, iTunes and email. Um and, and yeah. you can direct messages and nobody's going to be uh, you know, you can no, in we, Facebook. We talk to everybody. Yeah, in Facebook, we talk to everybody. We don't We're kind of creepy that way. Yeah. Uh, pr- Practical Guitarist Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com by the way. Yes. And so. so email, um, direct message, Facebook group, you know, anything that you want to do as far as reaching out. And if you've got questions you'd like us to answer or things that you'd like us to discuss, uh, we're not one of those people that goes, hey, we're discussing tonight. Uh, why don't you tell us what to discuss? Because that's not really how we work. There's a really funny sentence here in my in my notes for today. Yes. Because I keep a notes file for every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read it. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to give some context afterwards. But thank you for the email. I will be out on maternity leave through May. <laughs> well, that's always interesting. As I said, it's not related to anything, really. It's kind of creepy that it's in my notes file that happens to be here for the podcast. I had to set up somebody's uh, out of office today. Cause oh, they were... yeah, that's always an interesting thing. <laughs> you know, as, as an IT guy myself, you know, there's always those people that would ask you to do something that otherwise, wouldn't you want to do that yourself? I mean. So I got to tell you a, a true story. This is a non-guitarist, true story, funny story. Um, so when I was uh, first working for um, Bell Atlantic, it was it, it had just become Bell Atlantic from CNP Telco in Virginia, and I had just retired from the Navy. And so I'm I'm working my first day, and I'm thinking, isn't this something that? And, and this is customer service. We're going somewhere with that. customer service. So this woman calls me, and she says. Uh, I I don't have any room in my voicemail. And I said, here, let me take a look. And we couldn't, back then, you know, it was still rudimentary. We could see the size of the file, you know, the, the file sizes that were in there. I said, you have one great big email or voicemail. And she says, well, I, I should have 45 minutes of voicemail. I said, you have one 45-minute voicemail. And uh, she goes, no, I don't. Yes, you do. You, I, I said, um, I, actually, I didn't say yes, you do, because at that point, you have to, you just have to show them. I said, have you gone in, checked your voicemail, and clicked seven when it says seven to, you know, erase it or three to keep or whatever? She says, I, I said, well, you're saving an awfully big voicemail, but let's take a look. Let's take a listen. Do I have your permission? First thing I have to do is ask, I have to ask permission. So to um, conference in your voicemail, you put in your password, and then we'll listen together. So um, we go in. 
and she she punches in her passcode. We're 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 uh, into her voicemail, and I hear hi. I'm not giving any names, so these names that I'm making or saying are unreal because I I couldn't remember 18 years ago. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, much less what names were 18 years ago. But <laughs> hi, Vicky. This is Joan. Don't forget to call me later. Bye. And then she goes, "See, that's the end." I said, "The the recording hasn't come on," because this was the beginning of when people could uh, do the um, call waiting thing. Yeah. So what this girl did unintentionally, the other girl was conference in another call. Oh, and this could so be fun. Then you hear a click, click, and you hear, oh, don't worry, you will get some this weekend. She is so easy. <laughs> and they went on to talk about Oh, my how- gosh. What you should have done, what you should have done after that. Well, I said, I said, are you sure that you haven't heard the, and I heard click. <laughs> I heard her hang up. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah, that yeah, was she so probably deleted that. The funny, the funniest thing that you could have said that, like, if you heard any more of it, was like, "Well, so did you get any of this weekend, or what?" Yeah. Well, did he or didn't he? <laughs> I'm kind of interested now. You you brought me into this. I, I I my job is totally customer service motivated, and I have seen some crazy stuff because I used to be a consultant, mm-hmm. and we'd work on home computers. And I remember one time I got I got a computer from this woman, and she was supposed to be in town over the weekend. Right, and I was going to work on it, and then she's going to pick it up and then fly out. So I was working on it, and as I'm going through these, uh, I was doing a backup, yep. and as I was verifying the backup, I started looking, and I realized, oh my god, there's photos of women's vaginas on here. Oh my god, like like hundreds of them, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? So I call my boss because I'm like, dude, this is there's something messed up here, and he's like. No, he's like, she's a midwife. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, that would explain it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, well, all right. Fair enough. I thought I was about to, to call the police on child porn or something. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had my share as an IT guy. I've seen some things, done some things, <laughs> seen and done some things. I'll, I'll tell you. So I had one guy, his phone, he brought his phone over to have it checked out. And it goes, yeah, I'm having trouble accessing my fit my photos and i went oh no please don't ask me access your photos and he goes oh i just need you jim i just need you to take a look at this and i i said oh, I, are you sure i said i don't want to look said, at it i said I, I you know what i have a phone you can you can swipe left swipe right swipe up and down it doesn't matter you're not going to see anything embarrassing i said but um I just don't like to get into other people's phones. Yeah, I and do not feel comfortable. That is your safe space. Do he's not like, give it to me. <laughs> right, and he goes, oh, yes, oh, there's no problems in here. It's no problem at all. So I go in. I said, yep, here it is. And I and the first photo that opens up is an upskirt photo he took at the airport. Oh, my God. And so. Oh, my I, God. Yeah, I, up, I, I, I reported it. But, you know, it's like. You realize that this phone, first of all, we pay for this phone. It doesn't belong to you. It's not your phone. Yeah. It's not your personal yeah. phone. The right. Minute Which the means company, that anything that's on there does not belong to you. And the reason for that, I mean, when you got to think about this, is that when you are, when you are carrying a company, com- uh, boy, when you're carrying a company phone, it means that you are carrying their brand and, their, mm-hmm. and they have rights to do it. So let's talk about customer service. Today, I had to call customer I had to call Fender because um, I was updating software on my Mustang, and 
I'm trying to get, or, or I'm a Mustang GT, which unfortunately is not a car parked in my driveway, but I'm amplifiers sitting behind me. And I had to do it, I couldn't do it Wi-Fi wise, so I had to go into it with the computer and I'm, I'm updating it. And I call the guy and I say to him, I say to him, you know, can you uh, um, tell me what's going on? I mean, I've had this running for over an hour and it's not working. And then he says to me, well, Jim, it looks like um, you should be fine. I said, well, the software and the computer's running, but the amplifier doesn't say anything at all. And then I, um, I go to look, and uh, he goes, oh, I've had people call me and, and say it's taken overnight. So anyway, I get, a, I get another guy later that day because it's been nine hours. I left it at home. I, I went to work, came back, still running. Went to 7-Eleven, came back, still running. I said, this seems an awfully long time. So I, I went to, um, uh, I called again, and the guy goes, you see anything on the screen on the amplifier? I said, no, I told the guy this morning. Totally blank. He goes, oh, it should be saying updated. Go ahead and, you know, unplug it from the computer and blah, blah, blah. Because if the amp's not doing anything, it's not doing anything. And so I rebooted the computer. I ran it again. It took like 45 seconds. And he goes, I've never had to take more than five <laughs> minutes on a, even the slowest computer. And I, and I said, I said, I, I, you know, I said, all right, well, I'll try. I don't want to keep you. You know, I know you're busy. I, I really didn't want to keep the guy. I didn't want to keep the guy in the morning. But it was like, I just want to get him off the phone. I'll just tell him what he wants to hear and get rid of him. Let somebody else deal with them later. And it really kind of ticked me off. It, it just left a, ba- a bad taste in my mouth. This is basic stuff. It's your application. It's not a difficult application. And you should know if you didn't write the instructions or if you're the company, you don't have good instructions, you guys should know what I should be seeing on both ends and what I should be you know, expecting. Now, yeah. if the amp said it was updating, that would have been something different. But I told him the amp was totally dark. Nothing. And that was wrong. Yeah. Um, not impressed. It's not the first time that I've heard about bad customer service from vendor. Um, I, so this is not me personally. Right. Um, this is an amp that, that a friend of mine owns that I actually took in for him to get serviced right. uh, to, to a local store. Cause we have some transportation issues and I was local. And so I, I had the amp at my site and I'm like, I'll just take it in for you. Right. So I took it in. Um, the The amp itself was let's see, let's see if I can recall exactly what was going on with it. Uh, there was no gain channel. It's a hot rod deluxe, by the way. Yep. No gain channel. Uh, you'd hit the gain channel and it just would cease to work. Uh, reverb did not work. The only thing that would happen is you turn it up. You, you'd introduce some uh, sixty cycle hum in the signal, and then um, no effects loop. Yep. Send. But the effects of return worked because I was just directing the power amp. Right. And uh, yeah, that, that sounds about right. So I took it in. Uh, I figured that the bill was going to be pretty pricey, but we got a steal on the amp, so it was not a big deal. And uh, anyway, a week or two later, I get a call from the shop. And I come in to pick it up. And I they always test their gear. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say they tested this one. And then when I plugged it in, something something else happened. Right. Then, then in their testing environment, and it took out a pot, okay, uh, the yeah. bi- the bi- the bias pot on the board. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm like, all right, took it back. We we troubleshot it in the shop, and at the time we didn't realize it was a pot yet. But uh, Pat over at Good Time says, yeah, I think um, I think it's probably something to do with the the uh, 
end of the the preamp section, possibly the power amp section. Right. So so after we played around with it, he took it back in. He said it'll be about a week, and then he's like, "We'll get back to you." So I I talked to him about a week later because we talk pretty regularly anyway, and he says, "Um, well." He says it's it's the bias pot on the board. He's like, it's no big deal. It's a fifteen dollar part. I'm not going to charge you labor because we should have fixed it already. So he says we'll order the part and we'll get it fixed. This was in the first week of December. Okay, I got the amp back this week. It was done. Wow. It was done last week. And here's why. Okay, so they so they called up Fender because apparently this bias pot is specific to their amplifier. All right. So they yep. call up their part. They call up their parts department. They say we need X bias pot, and they say, "Oh, sure, we'll get it out to you right away." So they receive the part, and it's the wrong part oh, in the right oh. package. Okay, so so they ship oh, it back. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, so they call Fender, and they're like, "We need to get the right part this time," and they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll give you a tracking number uh, here in a few minutes." Their tracking number. Oh. A couple geez. days go. A couple days go by. They call back. They're like, "What the hell? Where's our tracking number?" Oh, we don't have the order in the system. We'll put it in now. We'll send you the tracking number. Of course, no tracking number. So at this point, like like week two or three, they're uh, calling and yelling, right? And then they get the they get the uh, parts department manager, who's like, from from what Pat had told me, was basically like, oh no, we'll get you straightened out immediately. And he got he made sure that the the thing was ordered and it was the correct part, and then they had a tracking number that day. Now. Here's the fun part. It didn't arrive for like two weeks. So they, even though they gave the tracking number, they didn't ship it out. Oh, jeepers. <laughs> so and, that, and that's the customer service manager, no less, right? That's the manager of their parts department. So um, anyway, get the amp back. Works great. Um, tried it out last night. Actually, amp sounds better than I had anticipated. Um and and I've had a couple of hot rod deluxes in the past, so it wasn't a huge deal. Right. But um but yeah, I just just one of those things. It's like, guys, can you at least just make sure that we get the right part? Um I mean, I don't know. So you you're talking about having these these software issues, and I'm I'm on the Helix forum too, and uh one of the guys in there, um, Frank, and I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. But oh, yeah. he works for he works for Line Six. He's one of the yep. he's one of the sale, he's one of the sales guys at Line Six. Yeah. Um, from my understanding, he's pretty high up in the marketing department. Oh yeah, and he is constantly in there answering questions, yeah. getting people getting people straightened out uh, with tickets and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, like that, in my opinion, is above and beyond the Call of Duty. Honestly, I think a yeah. guy just really loves his job and he loves the product he's selling. Yep. And so he's like, I'll help people out so that they love the product too. And he's always on the road, you know. Um, so I mean, he has a wife and kid. He's he's on the road a lot, and you still see him in there um, answering questions and taking care of people. So you know that they have a, a group of people in marketing that care about uh, the end, um, because he does artist relations, but he also does um, you know everyday people like you and me. Well, going back in time, I had when I had my Flexstone three, which would have been about ten years ago. Um, I had a ribbon connector disconnect on the board. And I took the uh, the amp to their appointed salespeople, or just salespeople, their appointed service center, um, which I think was Midwest Audio Electronics. That sounds right. And um, I didn't have a warranty number or like a repair number or anything. And as it turns out, when I called Line 6 to get one, 
my warranty had expired like six days before um, I was getting it fixed. So uh, while I was on the phone with them, I actually managed to convince them to go ahead and give me the warranty. But but it was kind of a battle. Um, but they took care of the repair. So to their credit, they did that. But I, I still feel like they should, I shouldn't have had to argue with them. And it was a, that was a manufacturer defect, having a ribbon cable disconnect on the board. Right. Um, I mean, basically, Midwest Audio Electronics, all they did was was hot glue it in so yeah. it wouldn't come out anymore. Um, but, but, again, I think it was still like a $75 repair because anytime you have electronics repaired, it costs money. Yeah. And uh, so, but, but you know, it's just one of those things where it's like they've always had reasonable people in their customer service department. You know, if your warranty expires six days before it, before you need a repair, they should, t- they should cover you. And most companies... Yeah. Could cover you. Now I've heard the horror stories about companies at all, but um, yep, I've heard I, horror stories about the company that you call and they go, "Well, we're closing for today." Yeah, but this is the last day of my warranty. Yeah, well, you can call us tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I had and this reminds me of a time with Dell. I call them up. I'm like, I need service on this laptop, and um, and they they said, "Well, what do you need serviced?" And I said. Well, I said, well, let me ask this question first. Am I under warranty? So I verify the warranty, yep. and, and I'm I'm out. I'm out by like three months for this client. Yep. So I told him, I said, all right, guys. I said, I want to buy the extended warranty. And he goes, well, you're calling you're calling in for service, right? And I said, no, I'm calling in to extend the warranty. And the guy on the other end's like, you're calling in for service. We can't allow you to extend the warranty. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had called back 15 minutes later, hoping to get somebody, get somebody else. else. And, I, and I, I did get somebody else, but they logged it on my account. I was yeah, like, crap. Did. Yeah, I did. I, I've, I've done that, though. I've, um, what I would do with Dell, with, with um, my clients, I would go in and verify. Because you can go in and verify by serial number. You've done this. Dell.com yeah. slash support. Verify your serial number. Oh, my it's files under warranty serial, or right. it's not under warranty. Oh, guess I better extend that warranty. There it is. It's extended. Give it eight hours. Okay. Now I'm going to call them up and tell them I got fried. I'm so glad I extended my warranty yesterday. <laughs> I just happened to extend that warranty yesterday. Thank you, know, you we, for well, well, what we had done, what we had done, actually, I have never done this, but someone I worked with has done this, yep. where they extend the warranty and they get the, uh, the damage replacement plan, Yep. and then they just back over it with a car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that way, that. that way, doesn't matter if it was covered under warranty. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Extend the damage replacement plan, <laughs> and then shoot Oops. it with a gun. You Oops. know, I accidentally, I accidentally uh, discharge. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally threw it off a bridge. So, um, so one of the things that that I think that people under have to take away from this weird discussion we've had for the last almost 20 minutes is customer service. You have to go, we've gone above and beyond for our customers. We've gone to the point where, you know, we felt uncomfortable. We felt, you know, weird. We felt like we were trying to get away with something. But you have to do things for your customers. I think that what a lot of customers have is there's an expectation that stuff is perfect when you walk out the door. Right. And you can't have that expectation. You should have a, a reasonable expectation that you are going to get uh, 
something that works and that will not break, you know, in a, in a short amount of time. But you have to have that, you know, that reasonable reality that, hey, I might get a clunker and I have to take it back. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, this always comes up in this discussion, too, when, I, when I've seen it in forums and things. They always talk about, you know, boutique small brands and what their level of customer service is versus, um, versus bigger brands. And, and yep. yes, I, w- I would say you're probably more likely to get a replacement or a repair out of a smaller brand for free, even if it's not covered in a warranty, because yep. you can be reasonable with those people and they'll listen to you. Yep. Uh, they're just one guy making a decision. Or two, you know, two or three or whatever um, is a smaller number, and that can help. But you know what's right. interesting? You know what's interesting? I've seen I, I don't want to say diminishing returns, but I've seen this this like juxtaposition between customer service out of small companies yep. versus their sales out of small companies. Right. Because I have been very turned off by some very prominent players in the boutique pedal industry, for example. Um, I can recall. I had a discussion, I think it was on the gear page, with uh, one of the guys from Cattle and Bread Uh about the Galileo. When it first came out, the Galileo was a two-button pedal. It was was uh, like a bigger Hammond-sized enclosure. And it had the basically the Naga boost on one side, and then the other side was emulating, you know, that that Brian May, like, overdrive sound. So... Um, it had a lot of control, and you could really dial it in. Well, right. when the when the Mark II came out, uh-huh. they took it down to one foot switch, and they took like half the controls away. And they said, "Well, nobody uses those anyway." And my comment in the thread was, uh, "No, I mean, yeah, nobody nobody may use them, but you should offer them as an option. Right. Call it the Galileo Deluxe or something, because there are people like me who would like to have those extra options." Yeah. Um, and they were like, no, they, they, no, they, the marketing guy was like really a jerk about it. And he was like, wow. no, no one wants those. And I'm like, what? Well, I do. I'm like, I do. And he was like, well, we're not selling to you. I'm like, what? Is, what who pissed in your movies? Um, you're not selling to me. Do I? Yeah, not you're not like selling to me now. You're not yeah. selling to me now. Like <laughs> <laughs> you just You're done right. this my Wheaties. You are right. You're not so selling to me. Move I made along. It, I made it a point. I I kept um I kept track of the guy's name. Yep. And on on uh, the gear page. So when I bought my uh, I actually bought a Galileo. I bought the Mark II. I know. I know. You can't find the Mark ones. So yep. I bought the Mark II just to see what it was all about and what it was like. Yeah. And I actually really liked the pedal, but I just didn't have a use for it. So I right. so I ended up selling it. Right. Um. But. I bought one and then I sent the guy a picture of it when I bought it. And it was like, just, just so you know, I bought this used, so you didn't get any money. Yeah. I just want to make sure you know that yeah. because I bought it used, you don't get anything out of it. I mean, I, I, not, I don't not anything that, extra. I don't want to. Okay. So this was before um, the founder of Catlin bread uh, passed. Yep. And I, I don't think this was him. I think this was one of his marketing people. Yeah. And it was just one of those things. It left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I, I wouldn't subject myself to that again. Like if if you're if you're a petite guy and you're trying to sell your product, just do yourself a favor. Don't be a jerk to people. Well, the like, the truth is, it's fine customer, to disagree, but there's a way you handle it. Customer you know? service represents your brand, right? When you look at um, the way that customer service handles you, I don't care if you're going to Walmart to return something. 
and the woman behind the counter or the guy behind the counter is busy, um, you know, on his cell phone or, you know, just staring off into space and not taking care of you or taking care of you. I mean, those, those are things that those speak to your brand. Yeah. And any time that you're rude to customers or you don't take the time to, um, you know, at least try to fulfill their needs, then you're not doing your job. You're not servicing your customer. It was just one of those things where it's like, the way I felt treated was like, the company was like, I'm too cool for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's the ego. Are, that's, that's you, the part. Yeah. You are too cool for me. Cause I'll go buy from somebody else and pay more money. <laughs> we are so good. That's like jazz musicians. That's what they do to me. That, oh, this music is so good. You're going to think it sucks. You are right. Um, you don't know the right people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What <laughs> it boils down to. <laughs> they're like, they're like, you suck, Jim. So you won't like our music. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think uh, customer service is probably the, the top. It's the key. Um, so, you know, anybody that's got some ideas about customer service, maybe your horror stories or your good stories about customer service, you know, Send them, we'll read them on the podcast. Yeah. Cause we'd like to, we'd like to hear about them. I know of one listener in particular, Dan Kish, who has uh, some horror stories with some service he's had done to his instruments. Oh, really? He, sh- he should definitely write in. Oh, and yeah, we, we definitely, we invite you, Dan, to, uh, to uh, join us with uh, some customer service stories. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about your, uh, your uh, front work and all that yep. you had done. Oh, jeez. So I was on the Shang Z site. Now I'm not picking on Shang. Oh, here we go. No, I'm <laughs> Let's not. Let's talk about I'm not. customer service. <laughs> I'm not. But I was on. I was on there today because somebody said never again, and they were complaining about the guitar on there. And then every single person that got on it was like, "Oh yeah, all you really want is a Gibson," and blah 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 blah. That's not. He never even said that. I I had to laugh because there's this there's this preconceived notion that people have. That as soon as they see something, and this this applies to just about everything in the world, I think. This preconceived notion that, oh, I know what that person means, so I'm going after him with this. Even though he, he never shared any of the the stuff that, that they accused him of. Um, and he never um, uh, made the complaints that they said he made, or that, that they assumed he made, I should say. I'm going to make some assumptions here in a moment, just so we're clear. No, go ahead. Um, I'm going to assume that there was too much glue on the guitar, and that the fretwork was abysmal. Yep. Then the nut was bad. Yep. The tuner sucked. The yep. bridge was horrible. Yep. The pickups were awful. Yep. Um, the top may have been off center. Yep. And <laughs> I'm just going through the list of problems from mine. That's that's what he said. And even after he had done all the things that would that you are going to do to yours, that other people have done to theirs, still couldn't get it into where he wanted it. But of course, by the point that he he'd taken it past point, he'd return it. So. Okay. So I'm going to, I'll give a little brief update here. So where I'm at with mine right now, I haven't done the bridge yet and I have not done the pickups. I've done everything else. I've done the nut. I've done the, the tuners. I've had a fret job. Yep. I've, um, except the electronics and that's basically the electronics and the bridge are the last two things to go. Uh, I was looking at bridges the other day, in fact, but 
I will say this. Um, I've had the guitar, what, like two months now, and I'm starting, I'm starting to bond with it. But it's not the same kind of bonding that I've done with my nicer guitars, where it's like, I love these instruments because I play really well with them right. and that fit my physique and everything. For this guitar, it's honestly, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it because it's an ugly duckling. And I like the fact that it's, it, I fight it a little bit. And so, I know it sounds ridiculous. So also, it is the seen... action of any of my guitars. The worst. No, yeah. the lowest. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I gotta say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. So I put, um, you know that I've been looking at some, some instruments. I looked right. at a um, uh, D'Angelico uh, 335 type model. It's a DC um, XP, something like okay. that. Um, SP, S, it's either Sierra Papa or uh, X-Ray Papa. But anyway, um, I looked at it and oh, it's really beautiful. I mean, I, I, I hoped it was horrible and it wasn't. And I played it and it had 11s on it. And I'm like, I have never played anything thicker than a 10. And I, and I loved it. Loved it. Had higher action. I was the exact opposite. Had higher action than anything I've ever played. Um, I still loved it. Now, that doesn't mean I'll, I would stay in love with it. I certainly loved it. So anyway, it's it's a consideration I've been thinking about how I can move things around to make it happen. I, but um, here's the thing. So what I was getting at is, so have you ever seen the movie with uh, who is it, Jack White and Jimmy Page? And yeah, um, it might get loud. Yeah, it might get loud. So Jack White is is a guy who says he needs to fight with his. I think I brought. Yeah, this up I, I think he's full of crap. But <laughs> and he wants to. He wants to, you know, squeeze the notes out of it. Where um, the edge is the exact opposite. And Jimmy Page is like in the middle. You know, he's so Page. You know, he's famous for Les Pauls, but you know, he plays. He Dan played Electros Dan Electros and, and yeah. made them sound like a million bucks. Exactly. So, so you know, the the point is sometimes. It's just like a song. You ever had a song that when you first heard it, you were like, what a pile of shit. Ah, oh, this thing is such... Then it becomes an earwig. Then it becomes something you just you love. I can tell you that, that almost everything from Michael Jackson that I heard in the late 70s and, and early 80s, I hated when it first came. I was like, oh, yeah, like man God. in the mirror. Like man yep. in the mirror. <laughs> oh, geez, Thriller. All of that stuff. I hated it when it first came out. Hated it. I was like, what is this? Gar eat it. I mean beat it. Um uh fat. I mean bad. I mean I, you know, I liked the weird owl better than I liked the original. <laughs> and then there was a switch, click, and and I one day I listened to it with a with a different pair of ears, and I went, Wow, this is incredible. This is genius. How did he take something that's so simple? Turn into such an incredible sound, and you know it's the same with an instrument. I think that sometimes when you are forced, like you're forced to bond with that, it's not like you're going to truck it over to China and turn it, right? So you're kind of forced to, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and then you start to find the little things that you like about it. It's like your kids. It, exactly what's going on with me. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it honestly is. Like you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's okay. So I'm not recording with this guitar. I'm not playing live with it yet because I don't have the pickups in it. Right. But 
and, and I, I actually prefer a little bit higher action because I don't like the uh, the fret rattle and stuff. But on this particular guitar, the way it's set up, they they the, the shop did a number on it and made it really good. And um, I like the way it looks. Yeah, it's not the most comfortable guitar for me when I'm sitting down, but standing up, it's great. Yep. Um, and I'm just falling into it, and like it's one of those things where I'm forcing myself to play it because I don't want to throw money away. Yep. So I've never. Yeah, I'm, been, I'm happy with it. The truth is now that that's interesting. That's an interesting statement because. I've never been a sit-down player, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because when I started playing, I was really small, and and uh, the guitars were huge. Kind of had to be over them, and um, but kind of developed from there. Plus, any time that I performed, it's always been standing up at that point. So, um, I found Les Pauls really comfortable. Because I stand up, but I'll be honest. If if I'm sitting down, I really don't like a Les Paul in my lap. I prefer the Jackson. When I'm sitting. Yeah, because you because it's got all those comfort, yeah. those comfort contours, and yeah. we're and as we are both aging, uh, those beer guts and things like that really I, fit real nicely with those comfort contours, right? <laughs> yeah, and the Jackson is one of those things where at first I was like, uh, and even now, some, sometimes I'll because uh, if I'm being a visual player. Um, if I'm looking at the fretboard, I can't stand it because it has no fretboard markers. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about doing what Steve Vai did and putting a little glow in the dark. <laughs> well, you know, actually, um, there's dots, I, but like they're on the edges. I've been looking at uh, Kiesel for a while, and they actually have the Luminolay, which is yep. like basically it's a glow in the dark system. And I saw a guy the other day; it's ingenious. I got to bring it up. He had uh, he had rigged up UV lights that go inside yeah. the ca- that go inside the case with the guitar to yep. charge it up before he plays it. Yeah, so he just flips what... the switch for five minutes, and then when he's done, he turns it off and he's ready to rock and roll, and he can see it all night long on stage. I don't know if it was Vi, it was somebody like that who that's he did the he LEDs does. Yeah, well, that's what he does. The the tech holds a flashlight over the things to charge them up. So when he hands the guitar over, and it's this, they're, the, they're it's lit the, up. It's the same material that they use to make night vision sights yep. for, for, for guns, the Trijicon stuff and all that. Yeah. So basically just, like, charge it up with a flashlight. So how are you looking? I mean, obviously some things have, have been changing in life, but uh, uh, yeah, you well, still thinking about that, Kiesel? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty much set at this point. I'm going to get a Vader. I'm not sure exactly what color I'm going to get. I'm looking at, um, I guess it's called Grabber Blue, but it reminds me of a Nissan GTR. Yeah, and and a lot of their colors are very similar to exotic cars. They have Ferrari red, and it's yeah. actually called Ferrari red, which makes me wonder if they're paying a licensing fee. Yeah, um, yeah. And it looks Ferrari red. I was thinking about getting that in black. Where Ibanez, Ibanez called it muscle car red. It would be it would be Ferrari red with a black with a black logo on the body because it's mm-hmm. headless, and then the neck would be uh, black ebony, like the darkest ebony I can get from them. Yeah, I I. Uh, I like the picture in my head of that. Did you see? You saw that uh, SG I sent you today that musician's friend had. Mm-hmm. I thought of you instantly because there was a um, a floating tram on All an right. SG. Okay, okay. So we're talking about this before we finish the episode. SGs. You know, I've got a proclivity for SGs. I right. like them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized today, like. I was thinking about all these other Steinberger players, right? Because they're headless guitars and stuff. Like, who who has made the transition from an SG to, like, a Steinberger? You know who's done it? Ooh. Buck Dharma. 
Oh yeah, yeah, Buck Darman. Matter of fact, um, his who his new guitar is called um, it's got a nickname. Richie told me the nickname of it. That's Richie's Nick. Richie's guitar is Slime. His uh, his Green Music Man. Mm-hmm. It's Slime or Slimer because um, like well, Darmer's got the cheeseburger. Right. That's it, the cheeseburger. Yeah, that's the the Swiss cheese looking Steinberger he's got. Yeah. You know, it's gonna really suck if Gibson goes under because uh, they own Steinberger. Yeah. And Steinberger yep. will cease to exist. It Gibson's not going under. They're just going to move that. They're going to move some players well, around. Well, I, I think I think they may sell that brand off though, and I think they may also sell off Kramer. It's a possibility because those Kramer, those things could could help generate some income for them to help get their debt straightened out. Is Kramer really selling? I mean, when was the last time you saw Kramer? I they mean, don't, I, they they apparently build Kramers now. I know they um, do. And I know they do custom shop Kramers. Yeah. So my my big thing is like, okay, fine. Uh, you know, Charvel made kind of a sort of a comeback, and Fender's done pretty well with that brand. So yeah. why wouldn't they sell off or try to make a go of Kramer? Yeah. I would love to have, see some guitars with banana headstocks again. Well, let's um, call let's call this a day. Yeah. That's a that's a discussion for next week. Um, and I, um. So if anybody's got some customer service stuff to talk about, even if it's not guitar related as we did. Customer service <laughs> horror stories. Customer service or customer service joyous stories. Ooh. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> and um let us know uh again in the comments and uh give us some feedback. Yell at us, scream at us, talk to us, laugh with us. Talk dirty to me. Laugh at us. I'm, you know, believe it or not, all these years that I, that song has been out, I just now learned. It. I literally was <laughs> learning it when you were asking me if we were going to record tonight. Is was, that was that um, is that is that poison? Yep, yep. I was yeah. sitting there doing that. <laughs> My dad shared an airplane with poison one time. Said they were nothing like you'd expect. Oh yeah, yeah no, fine. They were probably just. Everyday normal business guys, right? Uh, uh, yeah, those guys uh, made a lot of money, and uh, they knew how to make money. <laughs> yep, yep. It, you know, it's one of those things. With the exception of one member, they uh, they're just two businessmen. The drummer, what's it? I can't remember the drummer's name. Um, I have, I have face really hard time right now with not singing. Every rose has a storm. Every rose has rose its has storm. It's like every night. As it's dawn, and that should be a freaking country song, not an '80s metal tune. That's when, that's when all of the the country guys went. We could do that too, you know. <laughs> it, it, so that's funny because I'm, uh, you know, the story behind it. If I remember it right, um, who's the, who's the lead singer uh, for Poison? He had a TV show. Uh, Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels. Rock. I guess this. this is back when he was, you know, he was having trouble. He. He came this close to death, right? Because he drank himself, and I guess he um he had a a problem with his um, blood sugar, and uh, alcohol killed him, which is why you know he had to straighten up. But anyway, um, I guess he came home and his girlfriend was in bed with somebody else. That's uh, it was a true story. The song is the song is about what happened, you know, coming home and finding it, and you know that every rose has its thorn thing. It's, it's and actually thorn, it's a thorn damn must sad have been, song. <laughs> that thorn must have been a prick. Yeah, it was a real prick. I mean, that is a, <laughs> wow. 
Well, anyway, we really got on the war. Uh, all, right. One, but... I, I, well, all right. All right. Yeah. I'm Dave. I'm Jim. And we have been the practical guitarists. Woo! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> da, 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 da.